Today, the Below Average Joe's MMA Show presents the Weekend Recap. All centered around UFC Paris. Bonjour, mi amours. Let's go have some crumpets and see the Eiffel Tower. I don't know. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on besides that today. So all this and maybe some more. And it all starts right now. Bonjour, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us for this recap edition of UFC Paris. We literally just got done watching the main event between Surreal Gun and Taitu Ivasa. Um, me and Dominic both have uh, some unexpected things coming up in our schedule, so we're going to go ahead and get this uh, recording done in advance. Not a whole lot going on besides that, so this episode's literally all about this card. <laughs> yeah. So strap in, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully you watched, or else, spoiler alert, ahead. Yeah. But Dominic, how are you feeling? Are you ready to just get right on into it? Yeah, I'm feeling great. The vibes are immaculate. No, I mean, I'm really feeling juice. The Paris crowd delivered. The Paris card delivered their first time ever in Paris. France. Noah, I've got a damn croissant with me to start today's show. Let's get into the main event. Uh, Dominic just can't help himself. He can't help himself, but... Keep bringing food items into the show, bringing food takes into the show. Uh, I'm assuming if Dominic would have made a take about that croissant that he just flashed on the screen, the internet would have roasted him for it, and then I would have said a take that was much more reasonable. Right. So do you have anything, any croissant takes that you'd like to get off your chest? None that come to mind. Maybe at the end. Okay, well let's start with our main event of UFC Paris. Gentlemen, take a bow as Surreal Gone gets the knockout of Tai Tuivasa in round three. With only 37 seconds to spare in the round. Uh, Dominic, I you know what? I'm going to actually give myself a pat on the back for this one. Yes, you do a show like this. We preview cards. We recap cards. We probably should be previewing fights correctly every once in a while. So maybe I shouldn't give myself a pat on the back. Whenever I do get a fight right, but I am going to give it uh, myself one here because what I don't do? get it. I don't get them right. <laughs> so uh, I said, despite the odds, that I thought, and this is kind of talking about the co-main too. I thought, basically, the way I viewed both fights, Marvin Vittori a bigger underdog than tied to Ivasa. And that turned out to be true. I mean, you cannot tell me Surreal Gon looked like a minus 600 favorite here. He did not. Tied to Ivasa was game. He brought it to Surreal Gon. Surreal Gon looked great. This is not a knock on Surreal Gon. But I think it just shows that Tied to Ivasa made a much better account of himself. This was an exceptional fight. Mm. But one that Surreal Gon could not just coast through. He had to get dirty. He had to dig deep. To get this victory, Dominic, I'm curious what your thoughts were while watching the fight. Man, Surreal Gon just gets into a flow state so quickly, and it's very hard to get him out of it, but that's what Ty did. Surreal Gon literally just said in the post-fight interview that he was knocked out and then woke back up when he hit the cage <laughs> back down. So, you know, I said it in the group chat. He was one, he was 
he took one punch that kept him from that master class type of uh, I could I completely label. disagree with this take, but I'm wow. gonna let you finish. Yeah, so Ty really didn't do much in my opinion outside of that one shot wow. that knocked Surreal gone down. And as the fight went on, it just got worse and worse. The body work from Surreal was disgusting. The jab was lightning quick. The head kick faints with the body. The body faints to the head. I mean, it was just it was it was incredible, but that is what Surreal Gan does. That's the way that he fights. Tai Tuivasa is the toughest heavyweight in the division. The motherfucker's made a steal. Don't let his physical presence um, kind of sway you any other way because underneath of that is nothing but pure iron and sex appeal. So what a fight. That was definitely front of mind, best heavyweight fight of the year, best heavyweight fight in my recent memory. It was unbelievable. The crowd was going insane. Couldn't have asked for anything more. It, it, it exceeded all expectations that I had, I think. Yes, it did. Basically, I think we're a pretty big disagreement on this fight because uh, Masterclass, I think, is I think I, I couldn't be further from what I saw for rounds one and two. Obviously, uh, once the body work took its toll at the end of round two and then round three, uh, Sorogan looked terrific. And not that he didn't look good early, but round one was a feeling out round. No Masterclass there. Uh, round two, I mean pretty sure that's a pretty close round right there. I mean, Taitui Basa did knock down Surreal Gan. Yes, I know. I'm giving a lot of credit to what uh, you're calling the one punch that sort of prevented him from having that kind of performance. But I, I thought Surreal Gan did enough to get the first round, and he was doing enough in round two to uh, have it in his favor. But this is nothing like what Whitaker was doing to Vittori. This was doing enough to get by. He had a lead, but it was nothing more than a lead. This was not running laps around your opponent until, of course, round three was, I mean, that was all surreal gone. One-way traffic. He had Taitui Vas on the ropes and did not let up. But uh, Taitui Vasa was looking for that shot. He found that shot. I think Surreal Gun was getting a little too comfortable. He started doing a little bit of dancing, a little... He was acting a little bit like Muhammad Ali in there. You know, he was doing a little shoulder shrug. He's kind of faking, doing some robot shit. And then he got cracked. Real. It happens. I mean, it's heavyweights. This is what I kind of said in the preview. Um, so that's why I just don't think this is even close to a master class. Like, not even close. I mean, I think that's like the furthest thing from my brain. I think Taitui Vasa, yes... The knockdown and nearly finishing that fight, that's sort of what he's getting credit for in this fight. And, of course, the durability, the heart, the chin. Even when those body shots started to land, Ty was throwing some crazy haymakers that were kind of landing and uh, sort of hurting or stumbling gone again. Um, but I get what you're saying. There's a lot of credit to be given for what well, was sort of set up under one punch, but... I think both guys were looking for the big shot. I mean, Surreal Gan, in my opinion, was not doing enough to constitute a dominating performance. It was, I mean, really both guys were sort of feeling out the process. I, I'm curious what your rebuttal is to that. Yeah, what you really saw in this fight was that when it was at, when Gan was doing what he wanted to do, it was coming to him with ease when you would see that movement, the... Just very casual, laid back, <clears throat> pick a shot. But when Ty would really try and bring it in tight, make it a brawl, 
that's when you saw gone out of his comfort zone. That is when he got caught with that shot. That is when he would take the most shots in this fight. Um, so it's just like, again, and we talked about it on Thursday, Ty is so much better than what people give him to be. You know what I mean? Like he's so much more than just a power puncher, but it's clear when he lands, it hurts. That shot didn't even like flush hit the jaw. It was like right on the middle of Gon's face and it knocked him down. I mean, this dude, Tai Tuivasa carries next level power. And for that reason, he's always going to be a threat. It's still crazy to me that he got to this position to fight. And if he won, get a title shot off of this. And I don't think that this loss really puts him back all that far either. It's just, that was kind of how the fight played out. It was like two fights into one when it was in this area. Ty had success when it was in the other. Gone pulled away largely, and that's just where it happened to be uh, for more of the fight. But, wow. And to do that, too, by the way, with Francis Ngannou sitting front and center, for both guys, that is, mm-hmm. I think, is a pretty nice statement. So do you feel like the first – is your statement of calling it a master class, is that based on the second half of the fight, or is that uh, – are you – because I think the first half of the fight's nowhere near master class. I think – I mean, again, like you said, not much happened in the first round, but I didn't feel like Ty did anything. Second round, obviously the knockdown was a huge moment in that fight. But Surreal bounced back very well mm-hmm. and dominated the ending of the second round, and it just carried into that third. So I just feel like the larger chunk of the fight swayed me to that master class statement. But again, it's all-encompassing. I can't call it that because if you're getting knocked down in a fight, I can't give you that. It's like yeah. going from an A plus to an A minus. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it's tough because really I feel like we were on our way to what Surreal God has sort of done in most of his uh, main event performances where he's gotten into that flow state and he sort of just coasted to a victory. The Volkov fight, the Rosenstrike fight, he sort of finds that comfortable distance to where he can do enough without taking big shots and he just stays there for five rounds. He doesn't get he doesn't get, you know, anxious or anything. He just he just flows. Yeah. But uh Tai Tuivasa had other had other ideas obviously. He, and, he did what none of those other guys could do. Yeah. But on I think paper, that's a credit. you would think that he wouldn't be able and to. I, and I think that's a credit. Even if at the end of the day, when you really look at what Ty accomplished in this fight, it's sort of set to a few punches and a set amount of that second round. That's more than we've really seen most guys yeah. be able to do yeah. with Surreal Gun. And I think that's a testament to how talented Ty Tuivasa is. I was sitting there when I watched him get dropped, Surreal Gun. It flashed in my head this I, like, I, I thought I had to accept the idea that Tai Tuivasa was going to fight John Jones next. I was like, this is just, what a world, right? Ty continues to do it, yeah. And um, obviously that didn't end up happening. And um, maybe instead of focusing, I guess, on what we talked about in the first half about this whole master class debate, I mean, at the end of the day, these two put on a hell of a show. Oh, and sure. the first time the UFC being in Paris, I think the Paris crowd was awesome. Oh. Man. I thought they were on fire all night, as expected. This had a little bit of shades of that London card back in March. Yeah. And to get a main event that, that was able to, I guess, cash in on and give the crowd what they wanted, 
what more could you ask for? Yeah, exactly. You literally could have said it any better. And before I guess we do transfer to like what is next, I have to add one more thing about this fight, and it's that going back to again giving Ty credit again is that when Sirogan fought Francis Ngannou, who was winning that fight on the feet the whole time? Sirogan. Sirogan hardly even got hit by Francis Ngannou. Yeah. Ty Tuivasa did to Surreal gone what Francis Ngannou couldn't do. It he, did is- have, he did have a knee injury, but yes, I, I agree. I agree. I, I'm not crazy. trying to make excuses. I'm just, you know. Crazy. Crazy scenes. Yeah. And I, I'm glad that you are, you know, giving him his, 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 giving him his flowers here as I, like, have a word vomit trying to get out that word. I mean, what the hell's going on here, guys? Guys, this is my Jordan flu game here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Allergy season is upon us. I mean, the pollen out there. Have you guys seen the pollen levels? They're just, they're at all-time highs. My nose spray ain't doing shit. The nose spray. I got to hear Dominic bitching at me about my nose spray. <laughs> but the vibes are immaculate right yeah. now. Let's talk yeah. about what's next for these two. Yeah. Specifically, Surreal Gone. We kind of talked about it a little bit on Thursday. Mm. But ultimately... Not a lot's been answered, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Despite okay, we saw the fight, so that gives us a little bit of clarity. But the the big moving pieces on this chess or checkerboard are still in place. Yeah, and that's John Jones, Stipe, and Ganu. Yeah, where do they fall in line here? So Dominic, as as the fight has now completed, you know where does Surreal Gan sort of fall in on this hierarchy at heavyweight? I mean, dude, I, 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 I gave it a little sprinkle, a little hint on Thursday, and I have to come and say it now because, listen, I love Stipe Miocic, but I need a yes or a no. I need an in or an out because <laughs> because if you're out, Stipe, I love you. Mm. You're on my wall. Surreal gone. John Jones. Assuming Francis isn't ready until next year, which that's what they're saying as of this week. They're... May not be. Let me think. What else happened in the rest of the year so far? Yeah, there may not be a more high-level mixed martial arts fight that can be made than Surreal Gone versus John Jones. And I, I, we don't like interim belts. We don't like them. No. So I don't need it. I just want get them out of here. I, yeah, I just want that fight. Welcome John Jones to the heavyweight division. And if Surreal Gone beats John Jones. That's a rematch earning performance if I've ever seen one to fight yeah, Francis. I mean, that true. that is the fight, assuming Francis isn't ready until next spring. Come on. Come on. Come on. I have a take I have a take that built or that I realized I have as it as it built during the fight. Again, this was kind of the thought crossing my head when I thought Tui Vasa was about to knock out Surreal Gone. <laughs> um, but I feel the same way now that Surreal Gone finished the fight, got it done. It was Nasty wind, the body work. I mean, the the then when he started mixing it up, going to the head. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> I think I can comfortably say, again, me and you, we're ride or die, Stipe guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like if if Stipe comes back and fights John Jones, like don't get me wrong, I'm going to be excited him yep. getting that opportunity. But um, two years ago now, yeah, when we talked about this fight. I said I didn't love John or Stipe's chances. I'm sure it fight. hasn't aged any better, right? It has not <laughs> aged better two years later. And I think I can finally say that no matter who won that fight, especially with the way the fight went, 
I think I would rather see John Jones fight either of those two guys than Steve Bay at this point. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you there, partner. Because as big of a of a fight as Steve Bay John Jones is in terms of legacy, right? I think the time has passed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Again, you still do it going into the fight. You still have the buildup being goat status and all this stuff. Best heavyweight of all time versus the best fighter of all time. You know, this is all still in play. Yeah. But I just worry that if the fight does happen, what are we really going to learn from it? Stipe right. is really not appear to be all that committed to the fight game anymore. John Jones hasn't fought in two and a half years in a nude weight class. Again, what are we really going to learn from this fight? A lot, but I don't think what we want to learn, which is who's the best fighter of all time, who's the best heavyweight of all time, whatever, is going to actually be answered in that fight. I yeah, think it's and, just going to ask more questions than it does answers. Well, I think that statement there goes back to a conversation we've had before <clears throat> about John and Stipe, and we we said, if I remember correctly, paraphrasing, Stipe, we've kind of we've seen it all. He he's got these all these accolades, best heavyweight ever, right? For now, with mm. his title defenses and whatnot, title fight wins. So, you know, anything else for him is gravy. Like, yeah, if he beats John Jones, it's huge. It's it's another. It sends him up the totem pole. But like, if he loses, it's like eh, he's still the best heavyweight ever. But for John, even though he's considered by many as the best of all time. He's not viewed at that point yet. There's more to be seen from John. There, we, we've been wanting to see him at heavyweight for a long time. Can he get that belt? Can he defend that belt? So that, that's kind of where I view it. And again, it goes to what Noah said. I, it just it doesn't feel needed when a fight like John and Francis or John and Surreal is just right now, present day, with the state of the division and the future of the division is so much more prominent and so much more impactful, you know? I think that's very well said, and I think that's a good way to move on to our co-main event, Uh-oh. which saw Robert the Reaper Whitaker put on a master class. Now, this, this one's not in disagreement. Here. No disagreement here. An absolute <laughs> yeah. master class by Robert Whitaker. He gets it done via unanimous decision. Thank you very much, three units for the beloved Jones <laughs> Bud Slip. Yes. Over Marvin Vittori, uh, Dominic. Did it go how you expected? Did you think Marvin Vittori might show us a little bit more? Or is Robert Whitaker just that damn good? Uh, Dude, and again, I'm going back to our text message group because the world doesn't see the text messages, so i got to bring them into here. Mm. It's clear. Featherweight and middleweight, two peas and a pop. Because there's Israel Adesanya, there's Alexander Volkanovsky, right? The champions, the kings of their throne. There's Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker, and there's Max Holloway. There's a clear number one. There's a clear number two. And there is a large gap from everybody else. And it shows again here, Robert Whitaker puts on a shutout performance over Marvin Vittori. Marvin could not do anything. Marvin was getting hurt. Robert looked more powerful powerful than what we've seen in a long time. He's so quick. The combinations, the jab, the oblique kicks. He just continues to get better. Totally forgot that he's only 31 years old. Even more similar to Max Holloway because they've got so many damn fights and so many great performances. But again, he gets this great win. He gets this master class. But it doesn't put him closer to a title fight, Noah. 
That that is correct. It, it does not. Now there has been a lot of interesting comments made by Robert Whitaker in the lead up to this fight. <laughs> yeah. Um, as I'm about to cough, I want you to get your thoughts on him potentially moving to light heavyweight. All right. So they yeah, the light heavyweight thing was definitely a soundbite that I did not expect coming into Thursday. We kind of vaguely kind of scored over it a little bit. Um, man, Robert Whitaker does not look like a light heavyweight. This is a guy that fought at welterweight to start his UFC career. Now he's at middleweight, but then when you look at him against the middleweight champion, he's not all that big for 185. So, I mean, Marvin Vittori looked a lot bigger than him too, at least build wise. They're the same height, but Vittori looked a lot thicker. You know what I'm saying? So I I don't know how Bobby (sighs) Knuckles fares at light heavyweight. I'm not opposed to him giving it a try. If he feels like he doesn't have much in the near future at middleweight, I understand it, but I don't want him to make this move up 20 pounds just because he just feels in lingo. Like I don't want him to, sacrifice success because what if he's going to be outsized by every light heavyweight there is pretty significantly by the way so i just i don't know he's in a very hard spot honestly maybe even a harder spot than what max holloway is because if max wants to go up a weight class it's 10 pounds robert whitaker has to go up 20 pounds no it's just such a big drastic change i don't know if i can sign off on it yeah, it's different when you have the lower weight classes, though, because yeah. Max going from 145 to 155 feels very similar to the kind of jump in terms of body type of these fighters, the the difference in size that Robert Whitaker would be facing going up 20 pounds to light heavyweight because Max looked undersized at lightweight. I think he's going to be undersized if he goes back there, and that's something that he specifically, I think he actually still is going to struggle more just because part of his success at 145 is the size and length that he possesses. Mm. Robert Whitaker never really depended on that as a middleweight, but that's because he already wasn't a very big middleweight. Yeah. I think it's not going to work. Him yeah. going to light heavyweight. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Sure, he'll have a speed advantage, but the last man he finished was Jacare Souza at middleweight, and that was five years ago. Yeah, you know that's just going to make it even harder for him. His his sort of power to really hold up at 205 pounds. And let's not forget that he has been cracked a few times. He doesn't have a necessarily like a Marvin Vittori type chin. Mm-hmm. To withstand just the heaviest of blows. Adesanya knocked him out. Uh, Cannonier gave him a really good showing in the round three of their fight. Yoel Romero's cracked him a couple times. Yep. I don't think it's going to work. Actually, if if you would have told me one of these two guys made these comments, I would have thought it'd be Marvin Vittori. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Marvin Vittori's much more bigger. His biggest issue is he's got short arms. Yeah, yeah. So I think he would still struggle. I don't think either one of these guys does very well at light heavyweight. But if Marvin Vittori, who's the much bigger man, a guy who comes into the cage weighing almost 220 pounds sometimes, he would at least make sense as a guy that would transition to light heavyweight. Uh, For Robert Whitaker... I don't I don't know how much I really buy it. I don't know how much he's just talking to talk to see what people how people respond. Yeah. Um if anything, here's a crazier thought. I would have guessed he would be more open to going back down than yeah. going up. Yeah. 
Because, um, again, I don't necessarily want to see it. I don't. He's in a tough spot, but he's got his win back now. Okay, so he got a win over Marvin Vittori. What kind of fight's next? Well, Paulo Costa called out the winner of this fight. So mm. if he were to face Paulo Costa, that's a very winnable fight for him, considering how Paulo looked against Luke Rockhold. Yeah. And after that, you don't. Who knows? I mean, and plus let's let's not forget, Pajara may knock yeah. out or uh. beat Izzy here in November. So. A lot can change, and I think for you, for him to commit to something like that would be a bit of a short-term, short-sighted move when anything could happen. And I still think he's in line for like a third title fight, like just like a Max got with Volk. Again, Max feels like a guy who could definitely needs to kind of decide what's his future look like right now. Like, mm-hmm. are you go? Are you making a commitment to go up? Are you going to stay put? And be competing for silver the rest of your career. That's really what he's looking at right now. And I don't think Robert Whitaker is quite in that dire of circumstance yet. Yeah, yeah. And I actually love, I didn't know Paulo did that, but it makes so much sense because he's coming off of a win now. That's a fresh matchup. They've been scheduled to fight mm. before. Why not do that? It's one of the last fresh matchups in this top 10 for yeah, it's crazy. Robert Whitaker. Uh, another matchup that would be interesting would have been if like Sean Strickland hadn't had to pull out and he yeah. got a win over Cannoneer. That would have been yeah. a great fight. For sure. I don't know if you give Strickland that fight now that he's got this finger surgery and is coming off that knockout loss to Pahara. I don't know if you necessarily do that, but I wouldn't mind seeing a build up for a Strickland Whitaker fight just because oh, yeah. they're they're polar opposites in terms of personalities. So Yeah. Yeah. Be interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we get just more fights here, so let's get into the rest. Yeah, the banner to, stays on. <laughs> I do want to take this time to remind everyone about PointsBet Sportsbook. They are the betting partner of the Below Average Joe's MMA show, and they have a great offer that you can use right now. So uh, college football is going on. I know this is coming out on Sunday, so a lot of the games have passed, but Florida State LSU is tonight. Uh, Monday night, you got Clemson, Georgia Tech, and then NFL season right around the corner. Oh, and next Saturday is also UFC 279, Hamzat versus Diaz. Lots of sports. I mean, MLB playoffs coming up. Ohio, a lot of our viewers from Ohio, you guys got betting coming right around the corner. So, oh, yeah. This is the offer that Points Bet Sportsbook can give you right now. So, right now, if you go to the uh, link in the bio or in the description of today's episode or in the bios of our below average Joe's Twitter or Instagram, which you can follow at the BAJ MMA. Yes. Or if you download the Points Bet Sportsbook app mm-hmm. and type in code MMA Joe's, yes. you on your initial deposit will get a match 100% up to $2,000. This is free money we're talking about here, people. Come on. So on your initial deposit, you put in $1,000, you're getting a free $1,000 to start with. I mean, there's no reason not to do it. Basically. So make sure to check that out again. You can do that by either link today's episode or in the bios on Instagram, Twitter. Don't have to put in a code. It just takes you straight. Codes already put in. You just go straight through the sign-up process there. Or if you download the PointsBet Sportsbook app and type in code MMAJoes at sign up, 
you get it that way as well. So happy betting. Yes. It's been a great betting weekend for us. Hopefully it keeps up for me with college football, but I digress. Nasardine Imavov and Joaquin Buckley, Dom. So wow. they, had, they had a pretty interesting fight here. As, uh, yeah. Imavov, of course, ranked number 12, I believe, in the middleweight division. Joaquin Buckley, been on a good run, looking to make a splash here. Comes up short to unanimous decision loss to Imavov. But uh, what kind of takeaways did you have for this fight? <sighs> First off, size. I couldn't stop thinking of the size, man. Nasserdine looked like a monster in there compared to Joaquin Buckley. Don't get me wrong. Joaquin's got a very wide back, very thick and muscular. <clears throat> but Nasserdine just looks so much heavier, so much bigger, longer, rangier. Did you call him thick? I did call him thick. With two with C's? Two, with two C's. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously rounds one and two all Nasserdine all the time, you know, for 10 straight minutes. But Joaquin Buckley had that dog in him for the third round. No, he came out, in my opinion, won the round. He was swinging. He was banging. And he was going for the headshot. He was trying to put Imavov out of there. He was not able to do so. But you could tell he was wearing on Nasserdine. Nasserdine was getting a little tired. A lot of people probably thought going in that Joaquin would be the one slowing down in round three. It was the opposite. Not that it was the cleanest striking, but you can't, you know, slide a guy for going for the finish when he needs one. Yeah. But yeah, Nasserdine gets a win. That's four in a row for him. He could argue, arguably be five and zero, oh, but the fight with Phil Halls is super forgettable. So let's not even talk about that one. He's got to get top ten next for sure. Maybe even approach like a top eight. Joaquin Buckley, Noah put it best in the tweet. Put on a good enough performance to fight another top 15 guy. Noah, explain. Yeah, I mean, Imavov deserves top 10 next. No question about it. He's been underrated for a long time. Mm. Hopefully with a win on a big card like this, good fight with Buckley. Hopefully he finally gets some respect. I mean, this dude finished Edmund Shabazi and looked great in that fight. Yeah. Um, he's looked really good yeah. outside of, I guess, the Phil Hall's fight. That was just a weird one. But, yeah. Um, yeah, Joaquin Buckley. So I know he, he has been a bit of a pariah in the MMA community at times. Again, I talked about this on Thursday. He's He's been getting clowned a little bit. You know, the whole Hamzad Darren Till video. Joaquin's trying to get a fight with Darren. Maybe a lack of self-awareness, you know, yeah. coming from Joaquin Buckley. Can't hate a guy for trying, but then Hamzat says, who's that guy? Just, <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> the, the, it was a bit of like, it's like Jeremy Stevens going after Connor at the 205 press conference. It's like, yeah. you can't hate the guy for trying, but <laughs> boy, you got more than you asked for, didn't <laughs> yeah, you? Yeah, so, uh, But in terms of what I've seen in the octagon, I understand Joaquin Buckley's biggest claim to fame, his biggest moment is the knockout of the year, 2020. The freaking, I don't know, spitting head I'm, kick to Impa Kazaganai. I get it. It's one of the best knockouts ever in yeah. all of MMA. But the the fighter that Joaquin Buckley is today is twice that guy that knocked out Impa Kazaganai. Yeah. He's still got that explosiveness, that, that big... I was about to say big play potential, but you know... This I mean, is, that's what it is. You know? But he's got that, that one-shot type power. Yeah. But he doesn't depend on it like I felt like he was doing back then. And he yes. did have some success with it. He knocked out Jordan Wright, but then head kicked by Alessio DiCirico. Since then, feel like he's really honed it in and focused on improving on the X's and O's, getting a little more technical in the striking. By no means is he, you know, 
I don't know what the word is. No, by no means an expert. You know, mm-hmm. he's by no means is he one of the best technically skilled fighters in the company. But he's made so a lot of improvements. A yeah. lot of improvements quickly to the point too. to the point where he's not that guy that has to get the one shot to really win a fight. He has proven even in matchups that I thought were impossible to go to distance, like Abdul Razak Al Hassan. Um, that fight went the distance. Buckley looked very good in that, very content with going the distance. And that's another thing. I think his cardio's improved a lot. He can go to full 15 here with Imavov, like you were saying. I feel like Buckley could have went 25. Yeah. I mean, that's. I, I would like to see him get another crack at top 15. Imavov's a tough draw when you're really trying to make that splash in. He made a good showing of himself. Why not give him a guy like a Brad Tavares or someone who's really kind of barely hanging on to that to that spot and see if he can dethrone somebody and jump in? Yeah, dare I say him and Drickus may be a banger? Mm, I don't know. That'd be a fun fight, too. Yeah, deserves uh, it. Next one, Nathaniel Wood and Charles Jourdain had a very fun fight as well. Nathaniel Wood gets the unanimous decision win. Charles Jordan's got to be the best fighter in the UFC that has an under 500 record now, doesn't he? And I hate crazy. to even say it. Like, I almost don't want to say it. I almost want to, like, bury that. Yeah. Like, and hope nobody ever notices. But he is 4-5 and five in the UFC at this point. And yeah. it's a shame. I think he's got a lot of tough draws. He has. I mean, but at the same time, you know, you just have to kind of win your fights after a while. And uh, Nathaniel Wood... The takedowns came easy. Mm-hmm. That was kind of my big takeaway was uh, I didn't feel like Jordan coming off a fight against Burgos where he had his back taken in two different rounds. I felt like you would see here him making a big effort to keep a fight standing. I thought he was very just like laissez-faire about giving up the takedowns. Just kind of almost was more focused on trying to roll them over to where he would be on top, but it just never had quite the the kinetic force to, to do that. I don't know yeah. why I'm using that terminology now. But um, Daniel Wood looked very good. This is a big step up. He's going from Charles Rosa to Charles Jordan. That's a big step, in my opinion. And he, he looked very good. This was a good fight. I thought I, it's one of those fights where I hate that either guy yeah. has to lose because really both needed to win. Jordan now falls to four and five, but I still think that both these guys have big, bigger fights ahead. That's that's what I would say. One hundred percent. They're both still so young. They're approaching their prime. And again, I probably said this in July, but I'm going to say it again. <clears throat> if you forgot about Nathaniel Wood during his two year layoff, he's came back in a big way with two straight wins, both at one forty five. Because his fight in July against Rosa was his debut at that weight class. He looks good. He still was smaller than Jordan, but Stu's a legit talent out of the UK as well. That market's just booming right now, and it continues to show. Last one. <laughs> These Magomedovs know Dude. how to fight, don't they? Holy shit. Uh, is it pronounced a bus? A bus? A bus? Is it just, is it like you take the A out, put a space in it, it's just a bus? A bus. A bus, Magomedov? A- yeah. Well, he hits like a bus, because <laughs> he knocked out Dustin Stoltzfus in 19 seconds. I mean, yeah. just... Made him made him suck on the big toe, and it was all over. What did he say? Yeah, this was the number two fighter out of Germany in Dustin versus the number one fighter out of Germany in Abus Magomedov. Interesting that he fights out of Germany. But 
to get a win in 19 seconds like that, I mean, th- this guy had a lot of height, been in the PFL before, went 1-1-1 one, one, and one in his time in the PFL. He's finished 20 out of 25 wins. Dude's a wrecking ball. He's a problem. And 185 needs guys like this. I love it because it's getting stale, but it's getting some fresh life lately. Yeah, he's already calling out the champion on Asanya. Well, <laughs> but hey, it didn't take Alex very long to get up there, so I yeah. shouldn't hate on the guy too much, I suppose. I appreciate Dom's professionalism, not allowing himself to acknowledge I said uh, that uh, Abus made him suck on the big toes. So, uh, <laughs> guess. Totally, you totally you completely no sold it. It was fantastic. I was like, oh well, I said, Dom wants to keep it professional. That's fine. <laughs> Just wait till we get to closing the statements, motherfucker. <laughs> there ain't nothing back. professional about closing yeah. statements. Whew. No, but uh, yeah, it was a great performance. Magomedovs, they know how to fight. If you see the cauliflower ear, run the other way. It, it, simple things. Get that, get that guy back quick. That's all I want. Yeah, by the way, Dustin Stoltzfus, man, this is a tough – I mean, that's a tough loss. It's probably the last of, you'll see of him in the UFC for now. This is the guy who beat Joe Pfeiffer last season in the Contender Series. And now Joe Pfeiffer's like – He fights in a couple you, weeks. Who you go to when on this season after you know Dana basically enshrined him as being like the guy this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, just shows with those Contender Series guys, man, you just never know. I think he's 0-3 in the UFC now. Uh, he had a win last time out against okay. – um, I'm not going to remember I, who it yeah. was. But I think he's 1-4 now okay. or 1-3. So gotcha. something like that. Dwight Grant, that's who it was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You had money yeah. on that fight. I remember. <laughs> I did. I did. That's right. Uh, let's let's move on to closing statements. But first, I do want to remind – or sorry, the below average bet slip. Uh, I do want to take this time to remind everyone to follow us on our social media. I already kind of plugged it earlier, but – uh, you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at the Bajma, the B A J M M A. You can follow Dominic on Twitter, Instagram at Diesely14. You can follow myself on Twitter or Instagram at the new, the improved. Oh yeah. At Noah Todd Baker. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you guys want to see our picks in advance, we post those on the show's Twitter, Instagram on Friday. But Dominic, what a <sighs> week it was for us. It, it, we've been, it we've been talking about this for a while. Like yep. me and Dominic had just never been able to be in sync on a single week. Yep. Me and Dominic have both had big weeks here and there across the the year so far, but we've never been able to hit big together. We've only had right. a few weeks where we both have been positive together at all. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. for us to come together, only one missed bet combined. Which of course was mine. Who's you know doing worse? That's like, all right. I that. Like I needed that. But anyways, we're gonna focus on the positives here. Nearly plus, well, plus over nine units. Oh man! I mean, just cutting that that negative over in half. So it's great, Dominic. Anything that stuck out to you? Uh, a whole lot of green, Noah. It just feels so good to be in sync, like you were saying. And I just want that to be more of a common thing. We continue to try and bet smarter. Sometimes it's just fucking hard out here, man. This is the hardest sport to bet on. This week, what stood out to me, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I took a chance on Khalid Taha and Christian Quinones inside the distance, plus 142. I was kind of surprised. I get it. Guys have been to decisions lately, but if you look at the history of their records, they do get finished or finish a lot. And I just felt like with the way of the styles, Taha, a veteran, Quinones, I think was debuting or relatively new to the UFC. 
something just had to give in this fight. And although it wasn't Khalid, which would have made it a perfect week, which that's our next big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was just it was a good fight. It was technical, but Quinones landed that right hand, and oof. I mean, it was just nearly lights out. Some would say it was an early stoppage. I may even say it was a bit early, even though I cashed a bet on it. But plus 142, and no, I'm just going to segue that because every plus money bet hit, and that goes a long way in getting a plus nine unit week. That's very true. I was very shocked. Well, not shocked. I mean, I did feel confident about what I put on my on my board this week, but... I've said that before, you know. I felt like the Whitaker by decision one was kind of a lock, truthfully. If I had a lock, that would have been the one. Yeah. Nathaniel Wood by decision was the one I thought was the riskiest. That's why I put only three quarters of a unit on it. But ended up I mean really the one that was the scariest was the Dicharico copy law of under two and a half rounds. Yeah. That one got yeah. kind of lucky with uh Kopilov, uh, Kopi the uh, the Russian Chase Hooper, as they're calling him. <laughs> yes. Uh, he landed a really wicked five-piece combo out of nowhere to put Dietrico down. That Khalid Taha fight, man, I got a stat for you. So uh, going into that fight, Khalid Taha had only been finished one time in his, Uf- in his entire career, not UFC, yeah. just entire MMA career, and that was via submission. <laughs> so that was the first time he had ever been finished via strikes, so... That's what happens sometimes, people. I mean, you yeah. know, Khalid Taha, I think he's a better fighter than his record shows, but we may never get the chance to find out because mm-hmm. that's like one in three or one in four now for him in his UFC career. But, uh, yeah, uh, by all means, this is the kind of week we, we've needed. And, yes. Uh, honestly, we just need one more, and then we're right back above the green. You know, we're uh-huh. above that that, that line. So. Hey, it's the final four months of the year. We're coming for it. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on to closing statements, Dominic. This is the point of the show where me and Dominic can talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. So, Dominic, you got anything for closing statements on this Monday edition? I guess I'll just take it back to the beginning when we started talking about UFC Paris. What is everyone's kind of favorite bread item? So I guess I'll break it down here. We've got some biscuits. We've got croissants. We've got rolls. Although I feel like two of the three really cater more toward breakfast than anything. But I'll give you guys that trio there. If I had to pick, I'm not picking a croissant, by the way, just because I brought it out for UFC Paris. All right, But I'm going to go... Well, I guess it's my question. If it's a Hawaiian roll, that's pretty top tier. But I think all in all, because you're not always getting Hawaiian rolls, I'm going to go with the biscuit. I think it's the most... No, the roll's more versatile. But the biscuit satisfies me a little bit more than the other two. What do you got? Well, it's I can't really... I, I mean, I can't, I can't do what I've done the last two times you've... Uh... Well, good. I needed one. Of those. Yeah, I can't. I can't throw you in prison for talking about biscuits and rolls. <laughs> so you took the easy way out this week, I guess. But uh, I'm a big Hawaiian roll guy. Oh, Hawaiian rolls mm. give me that shit on anything. I can mm. do. I can make little sandwiches with yes. them. Yes. Yes. You just put a little butter on them. You know, you don't even have to put butter on them. They're already just very no. good. Right Gobble it down. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect Thanksgiving, uh, what do you call it, bread side, you know, it's just, right. it, it, it's the best bread item that there is, bread type item, I, I don't know. Yeah. 
people will come after us. They're going to say, oh, is there blood coming out of the Hawaiian roll? Well, shut the fuck up, all right? Maybe there is. All right? Maybe there is blood coming out of it. Maybe I'm going to get my Hawaiian roll medium rare, motherfucker. Off the rails. Nah, yeah, totally, yeah, I'm totally not mad at him. <laughs> Bring it back. Finish this out. Are you talking about toes? No, I'm not talking okay. about toes. Okay. What what made you think that? You, your whole toe statement that I missed earlier. I didn't know if you were going to bring it back. You thought I was going to double down on toes on an episode? I, listen, dude. It's Have I week. ever singled down on toes? It's the weekend. We're feeling a bit frisky right now. Football's back. I didn't know what you were getting into. Dominic, I'm not a toe guy. Are you a toe guy? No, I don't like feet at all. I don't even like looking at my own feet, Noah. We're on the same page here. Bring it back. I've never singled out on toes. All right. I'm just, I was just making sure. I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to to get angry here, but I know I'm trying. To. I feel, I, but I feel like you're accusing me of being a toe guy. No, 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 just... no. I was just, I, you know, you know, you slipped it in there earlier, really quick, so quick, I didn't notice it. I was just making sure you weren't, you know, All right. getting into anything. All right. Well, you kind of threw me off what I was well, talking about. Uh, not sure where the fuck that came from, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's talk about water. <laughs> Oh, here we go. This, this one has been waiting for. This one's been in the bank for. <laughs> I've been waiting for a slow, slow closing statement week to use this one. Uh, <coughs> oh my goodness! You kind of talk that one up. Oh. Yeah, because I was like, should I press mute? And I was too slow. Couldn't. It just ha- yeah, yeah. So sorry for that, uh, headphone users. But let's talk about water, which I probably need some of. That's probably why I'm hacking like that. Um, growing up. Mm-hmm. Now I'm starting mine like Dominic does. When I was a kid, I did it like this, and then I became a fucking psychopath and did it like this. No, um, so everybody always talks about like the, the everybody always talks about like the water that just sucks, right? Yeah. Like what is it? Dasani. Dasani's the one that yeah. Dasani, Aquafina. Those are the two that usually get a lot of the shit. Yeah. And I want to say rightfully so, because I remember a specific experience with Dasani. Peewee football. I'm Uh talking like fifth grade type deal. I used to, you know, we all used to have those big water jugs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I had divorced parents. I spent half the days at one, half at the other. So stuff was bound to go kind of get forgotten at one place or another. So one day it's practice time. I don't have my water jug. Okay. So for some reason, I grab a bottle of Dasani water out of the fridge and think that that's going to be my water for today. And I just remember specifically, vividly remember taking a water break at practice. And I took like a swig of that Dasani and I was like, huh, well, that didn't. Like, that didn't work at all. Yeah. I'm like, not only am I still burning up, but I'm still thirsty. Like, what What the hell was that? Yeah. It, like, dissolved in my mouth. It just, like, it, like. It's like you didn't even take a drink. I'm done. You're, you're it muted. It, you just muted for a second. Sorry. You're here. I'm I, I muted. <laughs> You went silent and we're still moving. You're back. Continue on. We're off the rails. Yeah. Uh, so I take a drink 
of this Dasani, right? Yeah. And I'm like, huh. Well, that didn't work at all. No. Not only am I still hot, but I, I'm still thirsty. Yeah. Like, it was almost like the Dasani rewound itself out of my mouth. Like a VHS tape or something. Yeah. So I've always remembered that. And been like, okay, Dasani, you a hoe. Right? Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. fuck with Dasani. Yeah. But then, now that I've been trying to, you know, get myself in better shape, lose a little weight, been drinking a ton of water, along with the medication I'm on, I gotta drink water. I'm just always thirsty. You know, I'm just yeah. a big water guy now. Yeah. And I gotta go, I'm at the mercy of what's at the store, whether it's Dollar General or CVS or Walgreens, which Walgreens is the one that's right by my house, but, or apartment. Sometimes Ice Mountain, the go-to. If yeah. Ice Mountain's there, I get it. Or if I'm grocery shopping at like Kroger, Kroger brand water, the way to go. But unfortunately, sometimes I go to those places when I'm not grocery shopping, no Ice Mountain, Aquafina or Dasani. Ooh. But I get it, and I don't have a problem with it. Like, it goes down all the same. So outside of that one vivid experience, if I'm being honest, people, when I drink it like on a daily basis, I really don't notice a difference. Yeah. So I want to know if people, do people really notice a difference when they're drinking their, their water? If it's a tap water versus like a smart water or Dasani or Aquafina, like, do you really notice or are you just kind of. Like, has your mind just been told over and over again that something is bad, so you just associate it with being bad? But I, I've had it both ways. Like, I feel like now it's more of an association, but as a kid, I remember that experience being like, uh, the Dasani just dissolved in my mouth before I even drank it. Like, what the yeah. hell just happened? So yeah. let me know, water, what's the best water to drink that is Easy, that you can get like 24 packs of. Don't be giving me this like fucking glacier. Or, you know, this, the stuff that comes from like a polar bear's ball sack or something. <laughs> like, don't be giving me that stuff because I need something I can buy in bulk. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm Noah Baker. That's Dominic Salee. We're the Below Average Joes, and uh, we'll be back on Thursday. <laughs>